We're going to speak on something that uh, has been in my heart for several weeks tonight, and it's uh, on the topic of worship. And uh, I was almost jumping up and down Sunday morning when Pastor started preaching the message he did, even though it was it was preaching on the Metron, it was a different topic. But the scripture he used was the scripture that was burning in my heart. And uh, when he started saying the scripture, I was like, oh, Lord, he's going to preach my message. He's going to preach what I, what I felt like God laid on my heart. But he went in a total different direction. But I want to go back there. So if you would, turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. That's our scripture, our main scripture for tonight. We're going to have a lot of scripture tonight. So be ready. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies or the compassions of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And what the Lord has been speaking to me for several weeks is this, your spiritual worship. I think so many times we take... Um, uh, words and phrases and things that we use all the time and our Christianese that we speak in church all the time and we forget to think about it and we forget to sometimes answer questions about it. So tonight we're going to talk about worship. So I want to ask you, when Pastor Kevin preached this message Sunday, which by the way was a fantastic message on the Metron, and it was such a great setup, but I want to focus on this last part, the spiritual worship, because that word spiritual worship, that word spiritual is a terrible translation. And I love ESV. That's my favorite translation to read out of. But that word spiritual is a terrible translation. That Greek word is actually the word logikon from the Greek word logikos, which is and which means rational. It's where you and I get the word logical. So doesn't that seem a little different when we're reading that if we were to say, which is your logical worship? Which is your logical or your rational? Your Bible may say rational. Your rational, reasonable. This is your reasonable worship, your logical worship. So it got me really thinking about my logical worship. So I'm gonna ask us a simple question tonight. And the question is, what is worship? What is worship? I'm going to come down here and I'm going to ask, does anybody want to volunteer? Does I got anybody volunteer want to answer a question for me? A couple of students, any students over here? No one? A couple back here? A couple right here? Allie, tell me what you think worship is. Worship is sacrifice. Okay. Anyone else got a different answer you want to answer tonight? Over here? I'll come back here. What do you think worship is? Worship is living for God, living your life for God. That's okay. Do you have something? Same thing? Lifestyle. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else got an idea? Over here. Yeah, giving praise. Okay. Any different answers? We got a lot of definitions of this word, don't we? Over here, what, what, what's your... The worth you put on it. Okay. Anyone else? Serving. Serving? You, you, did you hear me Sunday when I said that? <laughs> Offering time? I did say that. Okay, so we got a lot of different answers, right? For worship. And they're all good answers. But I think what we need to do tonight is let's look at see what the word says worship is. 
Because we have so many different answers. We need to go, okay, well, what is it? Is it all those? Is it some of those? Let's find out. What is worship? In the Greek and in the Hebrew, um, the English word worship is usually translated from basically just two different types of meanings of words. There's multiple uh, Hebrew words, multiple Greek words that mean worship, but they basically sum it up into two different categories. And so when you read it, it, you're either reading a word that means to bow down. That's what the literal translation is. Most of the time when we're talking about worship, in the, in the Old Testament especially, you're going to get that word that means to bow down, to get low. Anybody remember when Abraham bowed down seven times when he saw the Lord coming? That's worship. That's the word worship. So when you read in the New Testament, you shall worship the Lord your God only. That word there, worship, is talking about bowing down. Do not worship any other gods before me. That means to bow down. The other way that worship is used is to work for or to serve. When he says, let my people go that they may worship me. When he says that to Pharaoh, he's talking about that they may go serve me. That's the translation. In the New Testament, we could look at Romans 12, 1 above. That word, spiritual worship, that word worship there means to serve. Your Bible may actually say, which is your reasonable service. That's what the word translates to. So when we look at worship in the English, when we're reading our Bibles and we come across the word worship, it's going to mean one of the two things. There's really not much variation between words that mean to bow down and words that mean to serve or to work for. Okay, so we've got a little bit of an understanding of a, of a biblical definition. So when we see the Bible use these words, we know that when it's talking about uh, uh, serving and working, this always is usually in reference to sacrifice and offerings. The worship of the priest, the service of the priest. That's what he's talking about. It's, it's the acts of worship. It's the sacrifice. It's the offering that gets, uh, that, that is put before the Lord. That is the acts of worship. So we have a serving and a working, and that's usually what it's referring to is these acts of worship, which is when we're talking about sacrifice and offerings. Which brings me to my next point. Now that we have some sort of kind of a definition of what worship is and what worship is not, then let's look at this. What worship is acceptable to God? Because we have to have an acceptable worship, right? According to Romans, holy and acceptable. God just doesn't accept just any worship. So let's look at what God does and does not accept in worship. Number one, God does not accept worship or sacrifice that has blemishes, defects. Malachi chapter one, he says, this is God he says, oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors of the temple, that you would not kindle a fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. That's pretty strong words. That's God really upset that they are offering lame animals, blind animals, sick animals on the altar of the Lord, and he is not happy about that. Now, we could talk right now about, now that's, we're talking about physical animal sacrifices that God is upset with because they have blemishes, right? Now, we could turn and we could go to a New Testament 
talk on this and we could talk about blemishes in our in our worship and it would probably lead us into a, a conversation on holiness. Right? Nobody wants to talk about holiness. Living right. What is acceptable and holy? No blemishes. Is our worship acceptable to him because it's holy? Because it doesn't have blemishes. Second thing is this. For God to accept worship, it must be obedient. Nadab and Abihu, anybody remember that story? The sons of Aaron, the very first priest. They haven't even been priests very long. And they offer incense to the Lord that God did not tell them to make. And a fire comes out from the, from the tabernacle and consumes them and they die. Because he says, I will not be profaned. God will not accept disobedience because he's holy. So he won't accept a disobedient sacrifice. Let's go on and we look at 1 Samuel. Chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel declares, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obedience to his voice? Behold, obedience is better than sacrifice, and attentiveness is better than the fat of rams. God desires obedience from us. If we want our worship to be accepted by him, it has to be in obedience. We can't come offer worship to him with disobedience in us. Number three, for God to accept our worship, our heart must be right. It's always a fun story to me of Cain and Abel. Because I've heard it preached so many times that the reason God didn't accept Cain's offering was because it wasn't a blood sacrifice. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we go over to the laws in Leviticus, God asked for grain offerings. He asked for the first fruit offerings. It's not like God hasn't ever accepted the fruit of, of the field as an offering to him. Why did, not, why did God not accept Cain's offering and he accepted Abel's? It was because of his heart. Abel loved God and he gave God out of a willingness of his heart the best that he had. And Cain doesn't. And he's angry. He's angry that God doesn't accept his sacrifice. And I love God's conversation with him. You know, if you do right, You'll be accepted. Isaiah prophesied, these people draw near to me, God says this, these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is nothing but rules taught by men. You will not please God with just rules taught by men. Form and function will not get you there. Our hearts have to be pure before him. Our hearts have to be near him, not far from him. You want to go to New Testament? Let's look at Ananias and Sapphira who bring an offering of deceitfulness to the Lord. 
And both of them die. And I love it because Peter looks at him and goes, didn't you sell the property? Didn't you decide on what to give the Lord? Why did you decide in your heart, in your heart, to lie to the Holy Spirit? And they died. That's a fun one theologically there. Okay? Number four, if we want God to accept our worship, it matters how we treat other people. We live in a very individualistic society. This is a, an America where it is the, the place that you can make all your dreams come true. If you work hard enough and you go after it hard enough, you can have everything you want and it's all about you. And we carry that over into the church and we think that it's just, it's just me and God. My worship has nothing to do with anybody around me. It's just me and God. Our prayer lives are like that sometimes. Our love is like that sometimes. Our worship is like that sometimes. My worship is to you, Lord. Well, that's true. But he cares about what's going on around you and how you treat other people. Let's look at it. Isaiah chapter one. This is so strong from the Lord. What good to me is your multitude of sacrifices, says the Lord. I am full from the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed cattle. I take no delight in the blood of bulls and the lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this of you, this trampling you do of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no more. Your incense is detestable to me. Your new moons, your Sabbaths, your convocations, I cannot endure the iniquity in the solemn assemblies. I hate your new moons and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am tired of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you multiply your prayers, I will not listen to you. For your hands are covered with blood. Wash and cleanse yourself. Remove the evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. God cares about how we treat other people. And if we want our worship to be acceptable to him, We need to take an inventory of how we treat others. It's one of my favorite scriptures because God basically says, I hate your worship. Because you're oppressing people. There's bloodshed everywhere. You don't take up the cause for anyone. Jesus himself said in Matthew, so if you are offering your gift on the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Don't offer the gift. Go, make it right. Then come back and offer the gift and God will accept it. 
Let's look at Hosea 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 6. God says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God rather than your burnt offerings. Jesus quotes this twice to the Pharisees. He looks at him and goes, I want you to go learn something. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. When they accuse him of healing on the Sabbath, he looks at him again and goes, you wouldn't condemn the innocent if you would go learn this. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. God desires us, and that word mercy there, that word mercy there says, it's more than just forgiveness. That word mercy there is the willingness to go down into the pit with a person who's in the pit. That word mercy there is the same word and the same verbiage that is used for the love of God to us that was so great that he forgave us of every sin. That word mercy there is a love for the sinners. I desire mercy, not your sacrifice. Number three, who can judge our worship? John 4 says this, Jesus is with the woman at the well. And she says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that Jerusalem is the place people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming neither, when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. A pretty powerful statement on worship there. So I thought, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to see what it says. So interestingly enough, in this um, conversation where Jesus repeats, and by the way, take note, anytime things are repeated, especially New Testament, it's for emphasis. Jesus repeats this over again and says, spirit and truth. God wants people to worship him in spirit and truth. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty important. What does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? Does that mean I need to be speaking in tongues while I'm worshiping so I can worship in spirit? It's a lowercase s, by the way, in most of your Bibles. That word spirit in that particular context means this. Literally in the Greek, it means the seat of our actions. Your will. The innermost part of you. What makes the decisions for you? That's what that's referring to. Your spirit that will worship me in spirit, in their own willingness The word truth there translates this, sincerity of mind and integrity of character or a mode of life in harmony with divine truth. God wants 
true worshipers to worship him from the depth of their being in integrity. That's what he wants. It goes back to the heart. I love the scripture that says, and no man had, no one had to tell Jesus what was in the heart of man. He already knew. God knows what is in our hearts. If we want to worship him, we have to understand for him to accept our worship that he understands what's in my heart and that heart better be pure. It better have integrity. It better have pure love for him and for others. That's true worship. The other thing I took note of is this. Those two qualifications can't be seen. It can't be seen. I can't see your inward seed of all your decision making. I can't see your soul. I can't see your spirit. I can't see your integrity. Therefore, who can judge our worship to be acceptable? God. For only God knows what's in the heart of man. Only God can see our integrity. Only God knows our living sacrifice and whether it's holy and acceptable to him. Church, we have to be careful that we are not sitting around judging worship. That's not what we're called to do. Remember the widow. Jesus is sitting in the temple and he sees the poor widow come and give two mites. Those mites are very, very super thin pieces of copper. And she puts those in the offering while people are giving huge sums of money. And Jesus says, hey, disciples, come here. You see this poor woman who put in this minuscule amount? She's given more than anybody else because she gave everything she had. We make that about offering and we make it about monetary things, but it's not, it's worship. That story is about worship. When we give, that's why we do offering time uh, during worship and we talk about worshiping God with our gifts. It's worship. This story is about worship. And we could sit and judge and go, that woman gave nothing. But you would be wrong because she gave everything. And I can look around a room and go, man, why aren't these people worshiping? No, 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 you're talking about style. Worship can't be seen. Don't get caught up in style, church. Style changes. They don't worship like me. I don't like that church because they don't worship like me. You ever went into a church with an older congregation and you get frustrated because you like to worship a little bit more animated than they didn't? Anybody else? Anybody done that? 
I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll put my hand up. My God, these people just can't worship. I know everybody said that before. And you know what? When they were my age, they were saying the exact same thing about the generation behind them. And their grandparents, when they were that age, were saying the exact same thing about the generation behind them. Because you know what? Things progress. And I felt this so strongly. I wrote it down while we were in worship. Because you know what? You and I don't worship like James and John. If you think you do, you're, you're crazy. Different culture, different time, different worship. They didn't have the good old Gregorian eight count music. It was very different worship. Don't get caught up in style. Church, I felt this so strongly. If we are doing this right, my grandkids won't worship the way I'm worshiping. My great-grandkids won't worship the way we're worshiping now. Styles are going to change. But if we do this right, we teach what the heart of worship is. It'll be holy and acceptable to the Lord. And he will accept the worship because he doesn't care about the style. He cares about what's in your heart. He cares about whether these requirements are met. He cares about whether we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. Right now, if you go over to Japan, which are, we got a team over there right now, they're not worshiping the way you worship. You go down to South America, they're not worshiping the way you worship. That's not true worship. Worship comes from the heart. It can't be judged. It can't be seen. It's accepted by him or it's not accepted by him. I want to remind everybody of something. Satan was the most beautiful worshiper God ever created. He said, I made you perfect. The most beautiful of all my creation. And he was a worshiper. But what was found in his heart? Pride? Rebellion? Don't get caught up in what worship looks like. You won't be able to see it. Focus on whether your worship is acceptable in his sight. We used to say that as we closed all of our chapels at Lee. Everybody that went to Lee could say this with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord. In his sight. In his sight. Church, who are we worshiping? Who is our worship to? I 
I have no problem if you want to run, if you want to jump. I have ran, I have jumped, I have twirled, I have done all those things. I have no problem. There is no judgment on anything. I don't care. I had a student when I was a student pastor who got filled with the Holy Spirit and he would do somersaults. (laughs) Strangest thing I'd ever seen in my life. But it was genuine. And he did it unto the Lord. And I didn't care. I don't care about the style of worship. I don't care about the form and the function. Is it acceptable in his sight? Now, I usually, I usually end with questions. I like to end with questions, but I didn't, I didn't feel that tonight. I want you to stand with me. Thank you, Aaron, if you'd play something. I want us to to look inward tonight. If you'd close your eyes with me. I just want to pray a simple prayer. God, I come before you tonight. And I ask you to open your eyes and look at my worship. Is my worship acceptable to you? Is it holy and acceptable to you, Lord God? Is my life a living sacrifice that is pleasing to you? which is my reasonable, logical worship. Search my heart, O Lord. As the psalmist David said to you, search my heart. Show me any unclean ways in me, God. Let me walk in integrity. David said, let me walk in integrity in the confines of my own home before you, Lord. Search me, God. I lay myself down as a sacrifice. Let it be pleasing to you, Lord. Accept this worship for me, Lord God. that it would be holy, that it would be in obedience. Lord God, that it would be with a pure heart and with a love, not just for you, but for everyone around me. Then, Lord God, you will accept my sacrifice and I will worship the Lord. 
with all that I have. Oh God, let us not get caught up in style and form. But may my worship rest on you. May my adoration be poured out to you. Let your fire come down and consume this offering, God. May it be pleasing to you. I worship you, Lord God. God, I bow down before you. And I worship you. I worship you with all that I have. I worship you with everything I have. My life is yours. Teach me your ways. Show me, Lord God, your ways. I worship you, God. Praise your name. We, Lord God, your people, worship you tonight. We, your people, Lord God, give you our hearts. Praise to your name. Praise to your name. Can we take a moment and just honor the Lord? Can we just lift up holy worship to him? I worship you, God. You desire mercy. Not sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice to you. As the scribe said, Lord God, love is superior to all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. We worship you. For you are the Lord God Almighty. And there is none beside you. And you will not take a worship that has blemishes or spots, Lord God. You will not accept, Lord God, the lame. We give you our best tonight, Lord God, because you are the God of all creation. There is none like you. There is none beside you, O oh God. Great are you, O oh Lord. Great are you. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. May my heart be close to you, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord God. We honor you. Oh, 
Yandarayesti Korio Namoti Kandaraota Yeso Namoi Kaeso Toja Namoi Glory to your name. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We worship you. We worship you tonight. We worship you. Guard our hearts, Lord God. Let these sacrifices be pleasing. Let it be a pleasing aroma in your nostrils tonight, God. Let the prayers of these saints, Lord God, go up before your throne. you all and I know this is probably pretty heavy something just burning in my heart though I want us to be pleasing and acceptable to our Lord and our Savior and I believe God is pleased when we come to him with true worship I love you all. Pray for one another. Lift up one another. Love one another. And you will obey the commandment to love him. Give God glory tonight. Thank you all for being here. I will see you all Sunday.